Hello, are we on the air yet? Welcome to the Core Performance Podcast, taking you one step closer to self-mastery on and off the course. Fire up that growth mindset, and let's dive into the core of elite golf and human performance. Now, here's your hosts, Ian Highfield and Andrew Losey. Hello, Core Performance Podcast. My name is Ian Highfield, and on today's show, we have two very special guests. Number one, guest number one, we have had on before. Uh, His name is Zach Parker. Uh, He came on, he talked about junior golf, and the reception we had to this podcast was awesome. So I thought it would be a great idea to get Zach back on the show, especially as the second guest is one of his students. So around about 18 months ago, uh, this student was playing junior golf at the Ledbetter Golf Academy. He was having some exceptional coaching uh, from David Ledbetter himself, uh, from Andy Ledbetter, um, from Zach Parker, uh, from the fitness team there, and hopefully uh, from from myself. I worked with him in a a sports performance capacity. Um, More recently, he transitioned to be a freshman at UNLV, and he's now playing college golf out in Las Vegas. Uh, And a week and a half ago, he was ranked the 1600th best amateur in the world and was playing in the Latin American Championship. Uh, His name's Aaron Jarvis, and he wasn't really the most decorated junior golfer. Uh, He'd never won an AJGA. Um, He'd never competed in the highest of high AJGA invitationals. And he wasn't highly recruited. Uh, UNLV took him um, into their team because he had so much potential. Well, last week, uh, he realized that potential uh, and he won the Latin American Championship. So this gives Aaron access to the Masters. He's going to play in the Masters this year. He's going to play in the Open. He's going to play in the USM. And he's going to be in final qualifying of the US Open along with probably getting some invites to many PGA Tour events. So I asked Aaron and Zach to come on the show because I know there is going to be a ton of value uh, for junior golfers, for parents of junior golfers, and for high performers everywhere to listen to Aaron and Zach discuss uh, the changes in beliefs, the changes in habits, and the changes in behaviors that Aaron made on his journey from a decent junior golfer to now a college freshman that's going to play in the Masters. Yeah. All right, go on. Let's go. Run okay. it up. <laughs> Zach, how you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having us on. No worries. Good to, uh, good to have you back on the show. And we, uh, we have someone else with us today. Uh, Mr. Jarvis, Aaron Jarvis, how are you? How's it going, Ian? I'm good. I'm good. Why, why have you taken your screen off? Is it what are you laughing for? <laughs> you can't take this seriously. I can't stop right? laughing. Why, what, tell us why. Why are you so happy, Aaron? Tell us why are you so happy. Because <laughs> I'm going to the Masters. There we go. There we go. Where else are you going? The British Open um, and some other PGA Tour events. Awesome. So why don't you explain to the listeners uh, how that happened? Uh, then we'll talk a little bit with Zach. Maybe his perspective on how it happened is a little bit different to, to yours. 
Um, but but tell tell the people who are listening to the core performance podcast, tell them what you achieved in the in the last week or so. So the last week, um, I played in the Latin America Amateur Championship, and the prizes on the line for that tournament are pretty amazing. You got the Masters, the British Open, all the amateur events for the summer. So uh, yeah, I managed to win that and put me a in a place at Augusta National in April. There you go. Tell us, so what, what did you shoot in the tournament? Talk about, let's talk about the tournament. Just take us through each day. Um, what did you end up shooting? I, I shot, remember, right? no, 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 I remember. I remember. I shot <laughs> two under, three under, no, two under. I shot seven under total for the four <laughs> days. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, started off the week just playing average kind of consistent just taking care of what I had to take care of just kind of going up about my business and then I just kept slowly climbing the leaderboard each day uh like on the second day I was five four back of Julian and then third day comes around and some stuff kind of changed I'm only three back going into the final round and then uh yeah I managed to make a birdie in the last hole of the tournament, take the outright lead, and then uh, I managed to keep it. So so you know this already. I'm, I'm coaching the core students. Started coaching on Sunday at 8 a.m. I talked to him a little bit about, oh, Aaron is play, a player I work with. Best friend Zach Parker coaches him. We're talking a bit about you at 8 o'clock with a few of the, the good players. I flipped the, the TV on. I think it started at 11 a.m. So I'm coaching a group at 11 a.m. The TV's on mute. We're really focused on like my session. <laughs> Bye-bye. 12.05. Coaching's cancelled. Whole Academy's <laughs> watching you play. I'm telling them, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Everyone, half of these people have never met you. They're all like cheering on Aaron. Oh, come on, Aaron. Yeah, let's go. So that, that was like my experience of watching it. What was it like for, for you? Um, playing in it or, or can you even remember or is it all just a blur no I can remember I mean it was just I just treated it like any other tournament um, just because like the prizes that obviously you could win if you um, like achieve the goal but like I think I just blocked out like the Masters the British Open all the prizes and just played golf um, that was the goal for the week and then just have fun because if you try to add extra pressure and think about that stuff is just gonna like make you force it and then just went out there and have fun um but when the cameras kind of came around that's when the pressure kind of kicked in and then that's when I had to like go through my process a little better and deal with that pressure but uh overall I mean just try to have fun with it so you you were out there you were having fun you were focused on the process I was watching it. I was doing the opposite to everything I've ever taught you. I was like <laughs> nervous. I was like telling everyone, oh my God, he could play in the Masters. Uh, Zach, as his, as his coach, what was it like for you watching? I mean, I think watching was one thing, but getting the communication from Aaron throughout the week. So he, he spent some time with us in Florida before he went. He was adamant about coming before going to the Dominican Republic. And we just had an amazing few days. Uh, the last day, we tried to keep it light. My daughter showed him some magic tricks that blew his mind. 
but <laughs> he worked he worked really hard in those few days and when he left there's no doubt in my mind that I thought hey he's in a great place he has an opportunity to go do th- something extremely special and then he shoots two under the first day and he puts himself in a great place obviously he wasn't at the top of the leaderboard there was a five under that day but his communication after the round wasn't about his golf swing it was about hey I need to stay deeper in my routines I need to pick better targets I need to stick to my process and then Saturday um you know, fast forward two more rounds and he struggled round two, but then played phenomenal round three again. And he put himself in a great place and going into the final round, I guess that morning I woke up like you and had the TV on and was ready to go. Um, But Saturday was, was the most impressive for me. He, he battled really hard Saturday and his feedback Saturday night was, Hey, I'm not, I'm not getting distracted by, all the noise we talked all week. Hey, just put your cell phone away, take a walk on the beach, do what you need to do. And he did that in Sunday. Yeah, for sure. As a coach, I don't think I was a wreck. I think I was super excited because he got off to a phenomenal start and that phenomenal start was fun, right? Watching the leaderboard and watching him climb up the leaderboard was amazing. But watching, I think my favorite part was looking at live scoring and seeing that he made bogey on eight and double bogey on nine. And I'm getting messages nonstop. Oh my gosh, what's he doing? What's happening? And in that moment, I'm sitting there watching it with Liliana. And I said, hey, this is the best thing that could happen for Aaron. He has this moment that he's always wanted. He has all this on the line. And he can either choose to lean into the adversity or he can think that it's too big. And instead he bounced back and he battled and he's standing on 16, the TV cameras show him and say, Hey, your new leader, Aaron Jarvis. And the ball goes in the water. And in that About moment, my phone's, yard my phone's blowing up right? again. Everyone's saying, Oh my goodness, what's happening. And I said, <laughs> I can't remember who it was that messaged me or I said it to countless people. But I said, if he gets this up and down, he wins. And that wedge shot was extremely difficult for Aaron and he hit it to 12 feet. And when he made that putt, there was no doubt in my mind that the tournament was his if he just focused on what he needed to focus on. So I guess everyone got emotional on 18 watching him. But when that putt went in on 16, there definitely wasn't a dry eye in my house. Let's let's talk a little bit, Aaron. You know, Zach says there you leaned into the adversity. So we met when you were a student at the, at the Ledbetter Academy. Um, what would that be? Two years ago, maybe, maybe a bit longer. Probably three. Yeah. And you were, you know, you had, you had a lot of speed in your golf swing. You were a great kid, always laughing, having fun, like super to coach. Um, but there was tournaments that I watched you play where you definitely didn't lean into the adversity. <laughs> so as a, as a junior golfer, um, I think it's fair to say that maybe you didn't have the most outstanding junior career and, and you made a lot of, um, I guess there was room to grow regarding your, your mental game and what you valued in golf. Um, how, how did you make those changes? Like what, what changed in your mindset for the, from the times when 
myself and Zach watched you struggle in like hurricane tournaments. And we were like, Aaron, <laughs> we can't watch you play like that. It's too miserable. Go and have fun to them being in this, on this big stage and just embracing it all. Like what's changed in your mindset? How, how did you do that transition from that junior golf with room to grow to really someone who, as you showed on, on TV, the weekend just gone really sort of got deep into the mental game and, and controlled your emotions and got the job done. Well, I think for the most part, I just wasn't like that mature on the golf course. Um, I would let little things kind of get to me. Um, but then like playing college golf and just going through all the tournaments, I just, you just learn from everything. Um, and then at some point it's like, okay, I'm going to just have fun, enjoy it, because you go out there and play a hurricane and you don't play well, you're throwing clubs and slamming all over the place and you're shooting 80 on an easy course. It's like, what am I even doing? <laughs> and then I guess just going through, like, playing bigger tournaments, just kind of just trusting the process, you kind of learn. And then especially when you get to college, um, your mindset has to be uh, the priority. So let's let's jump into those. Let's jump into that word process right me and you were texting throughout the the lack about your process on the golf course um but you also have a process off the golf course as well so both of those things i think your mindset on the golf course having a process focus being pretty process orientated off the golf course have helped you can you talk about those what is your process on the golf course what do you do that's within your control and what are your processes off the golf course like the things that you can control that you really focus on so I'll start off the golf course. I think probably leading up to the tournament, it's all about just preparation and preparing your mind and preparing yourself to go out and play your best. But um, on the golf course, it's definitely anything that I can control behind the ball. Um, and then obviously, say you play one round, you learn, and then you can evaluate after that, like what you need to do better for the second round. So I know the first two rounds at LAC, like, well, the second round when I was five under through like 13 holes or whatever, and then I hit a stretch on the water. All the cameras came at once, like 10 carts just kind of rolled up and then it hit me. Like I was feeling nervous, the pressure, and then I hit a few skanky iron shots, got away with it. And I was like, okay. So when I finished off that round, I was like, I need to be better at breathing. I need to be better with my process, looking at smarter targets, um, come into the shot, do everything I can to just, hit the best shot that I can possibly hit. Cause when the ball, when it's gone, you can't control it. So. Awesome. That's really good. And uh, what about off the golf course? What kind of things do you focus on? I think there's been a big shift. We'll jump to Zach to answer this, but I've seen a big shift in what you value um, off the golf course. Your, your face is looking a little confused, but uh, maybe we can jump to Zach. But what, what do you really value off the golf course? There are a few things that, I think you do as well as any junior golfer that, I, that I've met and you never used to. This has shifted recently. Um, I think off the golf course. Are we talking like, like, like how, I don't know how to explain it. What do you, well, what, what do you, what do you really value off the golf course? What do you text me? About? I guess. No, you... well, one is uh, the girls. <laughs> I mean, I have to just throw that out there. I mean, if 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 we're if I'm being honest, that and just I guess my family, the people that's around me, try to yep. have the best time. Um, 
yeah, that's, that kind of sums it up right so, there. <laughs> so I like, I like, yeah, you, you, you're definitely very focused on friendships, girls, as you put it, family. You, you, you go to the, the Cayman Islands, right, where, where you live and you have a great time. Oh, yeah. But, I, yeah, I get, I get loose there. <laughs> yeah. But is it ever too loose to the point where you can't practice? No. Yeah, so I still get my work in. Say an afternoon. If we're going on the boat in the afternoon, I go practice in the morning. And then, or I'll play in the morning. Either one, it's like I'll always get my time in um, morning or afternoon. But then you still have to go out and have fun and enjoy your friends and family. That's like, I do that more there than I do here. Here it's more golf and school. But obviously there it's like you got to refresh your mind and still practice, get you working. But then you got to go have fun and not stress about golf. I, I really do think that's a brilliant answer. And I think that's a very, that's really what I was, I was looking for you to say, because it's not always hard work that, that gets it done. You've got to be happy as a person. You've got to be confident within your own skin. Um, you've got to be having fun. Uh, and, and I think that might be your, your strength. Uh, there's also been a slight change, I think, or big change in, and we'll, we'll go to Zach on this one as well, in how you practice. Would you agree with that? Recently, you've kind of shifted your your belief system about what golf performances and golf practice. Can you expand on that? Um. Well, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, before when I started out, I would just like, I mean, I still care about my swing because just, but it's like how I feel now about it. But like now it's back in the day, I used to just beat balls, kind of not really process orientated. Like here, if I come practice to hit balls, I have a plan. Like back in the day, I just didn't have anything. I would just go out and just hit balls without knowing what I was doing. Um, and then just speaking to people, like I, here at Shadow, I get to play and speak to a lot of good, uh, good people out here that know, have a lot of knowledge and learning from tour players and how they practice and putting that into my game. It's taking me pretty far so far so it's just you have to go out and have the right plan and practice the right way in order to get the most out of it good zach do you want to you want to build on that a little bit i know you've worked you you and aaron have had some we would say uh aggressive exchanges on on the golf swing versus performance practice versus everything else not that bad (laughs) (laughs) So why don't, well, let's say truthful, truthful, right? Yeah. So I guess that's pretty honest when it comes to feedback on those things. I guess the big thing for me is when you look at the whole journey of Aaron, when he arrived, I think he was right. He wasn't that mature, but he was, he had something that most junior golfers don't have. And I think it's definitely the reason why he's now going to two majors this year, maybe three playing in the the USAM and the British AM and all the other things that came with his success. But that's that Aaron is 100% comfortable in his own skin. And my favorite thing about coaching Aaron throughout the time is he had no problem defending his viewpoint. And we would argue about what was important. And a lot of times it was what the golf swing aesthetically looked like. And over our journey together, there were times where he just said, I, it just has to look like this. And I said, well, you have to be able to feel it to have it transfer. And now I think, well, in that journey, right? Like I fired him as a student 
And then he, <laughs> he left me, right. Because I wanted him to have an opportunity to grow as, as a player. And when he came back, he asked to come back for many reasons, but the big reason was he wanted more performance in his practice. He wanted to buy into what we said. And so I think for your students listening or to other coaches listening, sometimes the biggest thing you can do to help a player is to let them go somewhere else and let them realize what, what they have or what they could have if they buy in. And that's definitely what happened with Aaron and I. When he came back into my group, he was a leader. He was a role model. He was less of a character and more of that influential member of the team. And I think as the journey continued and came to a close at the junior academy, he only became more and more mature. And my favorite thing about Aaron is I know he's going to call me or text me or FaceTime almost every day. And it's no longer about his golf swing. It's about, hey, so I feel this. And when I do this, this is what I need. And that accountability came as a result of his willingness to not have to have me tell him what to do, but to put him in environments that allowed him to become his own best coach. And there is no doubt that Aaron evolved from a kid that just wanted to work on golf swing to now at the lack messaging me saying, Hey, I just have to do, I have to dominate my controllables behind the golf ball instead of him sending me videos, which of course he did send me videos from the lack, but it wasn't about, Hey, what do you think about P five? It was more about, Hey, when I do this, this is what I feel. And I think that's what allowed him to lean into the adversity. He wasn't playing golf swing. He was playing his feels and he coached himself through the whole tournament, which was my favorite part. What, what did practice look like when, when Aaron came in um, to the Ledbetter Academy to, to get prepared? Um, what, what did practice look like for, for Aaron? What did you set up, Zach? What was like a, a daily thing? What were you guys working on? How did you get him prepared and, and ready for those moments? Yeah, so I think obviously he had form work to do. He had just been in the Cayman Islands, um, as he eloquently put it, chilling. Um, and so he was doing his work, but we had some stuff to improve, but we knew that we wanted it to actually hold up under pressure. So we did it in a circuit. He had band work. He had slow motion swings. He had things away from the golf ball, movement drills that he had to do. And the coolest thing is that he never hit more than five balls in a row. He would hit five balls and then he would go and putt or he'd hit five balls and then he'd go and chip. And it would have taken me every ounce of my energy to have him not hit an entire den caddy of balls in 2018. And now in 2022, he's at the lack and I would be willing to bet that every single ball that he hit in his warm up or in his practice after the round, had multiple reps, had some slow motion swings, had some purpose to it. So I can't necessarily tell you all the secret sauce because this kid's trying to go win a golf tournament. We don't want everyone to steal his mojo and his drills, but I can tell you that my daughter dominated him on Saturday morning by pushing him out of position and made him do the work against that resistance. And that's 
that's really the secret to what he does. He, he trains being pushed into the flawed pattern, not being put into pretty positions and thinking that he has it. Awesome. So Aaron, how's, how's, how does that feel practicing like that now um, versus how you used to practice where you just beat balls. Now you're, there's a lot of physical work with bands. There's a lot of, you're in the gym a lot. I see the UNLV posts where you're, you're exercising in the gym. There's a lot of performance tasks, right? Where you have to hit a certain score in chipping or putting or to do this. A lot of the stuff we've done, and I, and I think a year ago when you went back to the Cayman Islands, a lot of the games were all based on the golf course. You started, I, I remember the one we did with wedges where you wanted to work on wedges. So everything was on the golf course. How, how's this transition in, in practice felt? How, like looking back or thinking now, like what, what do you think it's doing for you? Well, I think like for me, when I go play or when everyone goes play, when it goes to play, you only have one chance to hit the golf shot and you got to move on. Right. So it's like, why would you practice on the range just beating balls? Like, like there's no point because it's not going to just go into the golf course like that. So you got to, it's about quality, not quantity. So I think now it's, preparing the right way practicing the right way to go from the range to the course so I think like on course task and the right movement drills like five balls here and there just doing your thing but not like just you got to practice with a purpose and for me it's like back in the day all I care about was my swing now the swing's good it's all about feels how can this feel like it's all about me feeling good not about where the how pretty my swing looks like it's so I've come a long way I've matured a lot um I think now it's like just practicing the right way to take your game to another level awesome so we we've looked at the the lack and and your win and um sort of the the emotions that you went through um we've looked at how you practice let's talk a little bit about the future what's what's up next uh well Obviously, there's Augusta Masters in April, um, but in two weeks, uh, go to Hawaii for UNLV tournament. And then after that, like a few days after that, we have our home tournament. And then one more after that is the Arizona one. And then from there, it's uh, Augusta. So it's all I just got to like, I mean, just still doing the same thing, um, not changing anything just because I won the lack. It's still trusting the process. Uh just got to like prepare just more and like be more specific in what I do to prepare for the masters. Are you, are you managing to stay grounded? Is it hard now? All of these crazy things and people offering you this and let's talk to this and let's do this. Like, do you feel like you're still the same old Aaron that I would go to throw your yogurt with at eight 30 on a Friday <laughs> after lead better. And we would talk about the most random stuff or Chelsea or do you feel like, do you feel different? Do you feel different pressures? Like what, 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 where are you at with that? Um, no, I'm the same person. Like nothing really changed. It just depends who I talk to. Say I talk to like this high, uh, upper class person, right? Like the governor of the Cayman Islands. Then I'm not going to like be all crazy, but like <laughs> if it's someone I know, then it's like who already knows who I am. Like, I'm not going to like, I'm still the same person. Nothing really changes except when I do an interview and I got to be all professional. How, <laughs> how was your mom? 
because obviously I, I know your mom and I've, I've met your dad a few times when I caddied for you in the, the US Junior. I met your dad and I freaking at the end of that round, what did we miss it by one or two? And I opened you up in front of your dad about you can't give feedback properly and your strategy was terrible. You should never have it if you didn't do his practice round properly. You should never have it five iron off this tee because it brought this bunker into play. I, I can remember those days. How, how are they? Because your dad and your mom, obviously, they care about you a lot and they've been involved in, in your golf, but not overly involved. Like, what's this like for them? They're just uh, happy and proud parents. Um, I mean, whether I won or not, nothing would have changed who they are or how they uh, support me. But now it's uh, they're going to do more to help me out and help my golf out and whatever I need to do to be more successful in the future. They're just going to be there for me, but it's great. I mean, my mom was obviously, she told me before the tournament, we were at dinner and she said, uh, I bet you won't win. I said, I bet I will. <laughs> and then I took that to heart and went out and won the tournament. So. Well, that, that your mom, if you look at it from kind of a gambling standpoint, your mom made a good bet because your amateur ranking and, and, and your career, it didn't, necessarily lead to you winning the tournament did it like it would it be fair to say you were an outsider to, to most people oh yeah no question we had like no one besides myself and my team well the other uh, person from Cayman Justin no one else thought we had a chance to win they didn't know who we really were but now it's like we knew we were just as good as anyone there like the field was like there's not like there's no five players there aren't better than me. Like I can go out there and compete with these guys and win. So that's what I had in the back of my mind. And I just went there with that mindset. And obviously now my rankings going through the roof, baby. <laughs> well, hey, I, hey, before, can you, can you speak to that, Aaron? Cause I think a lot of people don't really understand what you're saying, right? You're saying you're 1600 in the world and you're saying to your mom that you're going to go and win. And then you just said, there's not five people in that field that can beat me. So can you explain how you have that mindset? Because that's something that I think is invaluable to who's ever listening. And, and I think, I think let, me, let me just jump in. I think a lot of kids will say those things. But I feel like Aaron truly believed it and also had some evidence, changes in behaviors and certain things that he was doing to to back that up. So yeah, where, where does that belief come from, Aaron? I mean, it's just having like inner confidence. I knew like from the experience of, at the Academy and my first semester of college playing against these guys that you don't need to go out and play special golf to win. I did not play special golf. I didn't play amazing golf. I just took care of what I had to do and just play my own game. And you just got to go out with that confidence, but not be like cocky, but just in the back of your mind, just it's you against the course. Right. So it's like if you take care of your business and do what you have to do, then you can win any any golf tournament. So it's you. Obviously, it's you against yourself as well with your mind. And that plays a big role in it. But it's you got to go out and know that you can compete with these guys. Can you win the Masters? I can win the Masters. <laughs> I'll definitely take that bet with you. OK, <laughs> let's go. Um, so junior golf my purpose for this podcast right is to uh, at my academy i really want to educate the young golfers that are striving to do what you've done and i really want to help the parents understand and value the right things so 
before we finish, this will this will be the last question um, from both of you. Aaron, you can go first, and then Zach, you can go after. Just give a little bit of advice to the junior golfers that that will listen to this. Just a couple of things that you that you that you think have helped you on your journey, and then maybe some advice to the parents uh, as well. Like, what do you think that their child needs? For them, for their, for them to be the best supportive parent they can possibly be. So I'll start, I guess. Um, I mean, for me, from my experience, and you just have to know, like, who you are as a person, and keep that same, like, mindset um, on the golf course. Don't try to be someone that you're not. Um, I'd say second, just find one part of your game that really neat, like do stats or whatever, because that's, you don't want to go out and not have a purpose. So I'd say have a purpose. And then three, I'd say is have fun. Just enjoy the whole um, junior career. Cause it will go by pretty quick. So, so be comfortable, comfortable in your own skin, do stats, have a pra- purpose to your practice and have fun. Enjoy your junior career. Zach, nothing about the golf swing in there. eh? Unbelievable. Hey. What a guy. Crazy, huh? What a guy. what a guy. Imagine asking that question a couple of years ago. Zach, what 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 hey, my swing was all over the place. <laughs> what what um what advice can you throw out? Like maybe with reference to Aaron as well. Uh just to the to the golfers listening. Hopefully, you know, any any junior golfer listening, uh and, and any parent listening, what advice can can you share? Yeah, I mean, I guess the first thing I would tell them is go and Google Aaron Jarvis and look at his junior career. He didn't have an AJGA Invitational win. He didn't have a USGA title. He has a couple FJT wins. There is no doubt that he shot eight under in nine holes in a pro event. So it's not like he's just some random chump. Okay, but he wasn't the most decorated junior golfer but when you saw Aaron and you spoke to Aaron and you were in his presence you would have thought he was the number one junior in the world whether that was the way that he attempted to practice or that was the way he spoke to you or that was the way that he tried to chat up the waitress at a restaurant he (laughs) had so much conviction in who he was as an individual And that never changed. If Aaron shot 75 or Aaron shot those eight birdies in that pro event in a row, there is no doubt that he believed he was good enough to compete. So I think number one is believe in yourself. Number two is know that your golf doesn't define you. I don't sit here and get emotional because Aaron's going to the Masters because he's some phenomenal golfer. He's a freaking great kid. And the reason he's going to the Masters is because he continued to evolve as a human, not as a golfer. So I think if you're a parent and you want your kid to win because that makes them feel special, you might want to remember Aaron Jarvis and understand that he actually didn't have to win to be special. He didn't have to win to believe that he could win. So 
I guess the most important thing Aaron already said, be who you are. And Aaron's a remarkable young man who's going to represent the Cayman Islands phenomenal, not because of his golf, but because of who he is as a human. Yeah, I I honestly think, Aaron, as crazy as this sounds, whoever <laughs> you play with in the Masters, whoever you play with in the Masters, they're lucky. Yes. That's it, true. It, it's true. It's true. Whoever you play with, I'm sure you'll play with uh, Adam Scott in the practice round, right? Charlie Hoffman, and then whoever you get drawn with and whoever you play with, they are going to have fun. Uh, oh, yeah. Coaching you was fun. Whether you made those changes or not, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. But it just so happened you decided to sort of buy into certain concepts. You've made the changes. And I think for me, I think I messaged you like great things happen to great people. And, and, and that when I was watching, I just know how much fun you had at the Ledbetter Academy and what those other kids think. Whenever you walked into the, the house where we would get dinner, your voice came everyone, and everyone was happy and it was fun. And um, you, you, you know, you energized everyone. So I think whoever you plays with you in the masters is, is going to have a great time. And that's a, that's a reflection on, on, on you. Uh, and also on the Ledbetter Academy, right? You, you enjoyed it there. They, you, you got well coached there. You had a great time there and somehow you managed to pass high school there. That's a, that's another, <laughs> that's a different question and a different mystery. Um, Aaron, we'll let you get off. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks, I know yeah. you're going to do a Q and a tomorrow um, with a few of our students. So we'll get those uh, questions lined up. Zach, thanks for coming on again. Uh, I'm of sure course, man. It's always, always fun to be in the presence of, of this clown and, uh, <laughs> and yourself. So um, hope, I just hope that everyone, I know maybe they'll get the video, maybe they won't, but this entire interview, you've just seen Aaron smile. You've seen him be himself. You've seen him joke around. Yeah. And I think you're going to see that same individual at the Masters, at St. Andrews, at the USAM, at the British AM. But most importantly, people are going to see that when he stands up, hangs up this call, and walks around Shadow Creek. He I, is I guess who he is. Go on, Zach, sorry. No, I just think he, he is who he is all the time. And the, the amount of people that are a fan of Aaron doesn't really matter because the most important person who's a fan of Aaron is Aaron is a freaking big fan of Aaron. And <laughs> because because Aaron's a big fan of Aaron, it, it makes you have this energy. And I guess when he came back for that weekend to train with us, there wasn't an individual in the academy that didn't say, wow, we've missed this guy's energy. Yeah. Not, wow, look at his golf swing. Or, wow, look at how hard he practices. Or, wow, look at his sweet joggers. It was all about, look at this guy's energy. He just, if you're lucky enough to be around Aaron, you feel happier, you feel energized. And because of that, good things happen to good people. And that's why we're on this call. Yeah, I love it when Chelsea lose because that's just my excuse just to reach out to Aaron. And then I know I know that something funny or something stupid is, is coming back my way. One last oh, question, yeah. Aaron. Big yeah. question. You ready? Go for it. This is the this is the one for like Ben Kai. This is what Ben Kai is wondering. 
how's the uh how have the dms been since since the masters oh they i couldn't even scroll through my phone it yeah. was like it was like 500 things and then it was like the request thing on the right the, for yeah. the people that i don't follow back was like 300 i was like okay this is this is crazy like Imagine when I go win the Masters, like what's gonna happen? Like, <laughs> like used to oh be, my god! It used to be people like me in your DMs. Now it's UNLV uh, <laughs> cheerleaders and whoever else, man. You've gone up in the world. Congrats! Oh yeah, oh, my he's, ranking he's too. He's trying to pretend. Are you trying to pretend that there's 500 girls in your DMs? You no, know those I'm were just all saying, just like, random. Like, those were random. Just people. random. Oh yeah, you're my boy. <laughs> yeah, like that's just, <laughs> just random people, just like. I'm like, uh, okay. That's it. That, that don't they call that an influencer? You know, is is that not is that not a good thing? I mean, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, yeah. There you go. I think I think the coolest moment for me was that you you take that right, and now you're saying, hey, like there were all these people in my DMs, but if you're honest, man, almost all those people at some point have had the privilege of being around you while you might not know them as friends. You have so many fans because of who you are as a person. And I told Aaron's mom, Aaron's dad, AJ, who's doing a phenomenal job at UNLV, by the way, Ian, I think what AJ and the team out at UNLV are doing to help Aaron mature is phenomenal. But I think the big thing, Aaron, is that everyone that's messaging you is just lucky to know you. Right. And so take the time, reach out to all those people because you never know who you're going to affect. You, my daughter now thinks you're Tiger Woods. <laughs> she's, she's watched two golf tournaments in her life. One was Tiger winning the Masters and one was you winning the lap. And yeah. I think she cheered more for you because, well, she takes quite a bit of credit for her great uh, training. Uh, and, <laughs> but just never stop being you, man. Yeah, and I think the most part was like everyone that reached out. Most of the like people were everyone from home. Like, yeah. I'm so proud. Like, you're changing the game. You're changing what golf can be in Cayman. And it took me a while to respond to everyone, but I had to. It was like, wow. Yeah, I think hey, we we were speaking about that um, just a little while ago. You remember your first goal setting session with Ian? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, won't, we won't say exactly what you said, but no, I'll say it. You I'll said it. you want to get money and girls, yeah. right? Yeah. And Ian said, I don't think you really understand the, the internal question. Your, why, <laughs> yeah. your why is what motivates you and what inspires you. And in front and of everyone, in front of everyone, you stood up and were like, yeah, yeah. I know the question. I want money and I want girls. And when we got to hear you in the interview at the award ceremony, maybe you talk to how your, how your why's changed a little bit. Yeah. Why has changed a, a little bit. Um, now, I mean, it's been like say two or three years since I represented came on. So playing this event meant a lot. And then I knew that if I did well, I can um, obviously change things back home and, Managed to win it, and now uh, everyone, I'm the big name, I'm the hottest name going around the Cayman Islands right now, so it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. So, so how does that change your why? 
Well, it's like now it's it's I'm playing for almost a bigger reason, a bigger there's more motivation because now it's like say I'm at a certain level, so people look up to me um now. So it's like, okay, this is what I'm playing for. So it motivates me to play better and inspire like younger kids and stuff like that to get involved in the game back home. Yeah, awesome. I, I think the the irony is the goal setting session that Zach is talking about, I was doing that with the core students. So I literally, no yeah, yeah, that's what we were doing. I sent, I think I sent you guys a picture of it. So for me to watch the golf, I was like, I got to link Aaron to goal setting. So I wrote like three years ago, Aaron's goals were to get money and get <laughs> girls. And then I talked about how he was very externally motivated, but as he's grown and matured, he's become more internally motivated. And then they see your winner's speech, right? And your winner's speech was all about, I'm very passionate about playing for the Cayman Islands, putting golf on the map, growing the game in the Cayman Islands, all internal motivators. So that was a, that was a, a great thing for me to see, but also a great thing now on this podcast for the students to hear because all the students, when we do what, what, how, why, they go, I don't know what my why goals are or I'm struggling. And I'm like, that's okay. Not many people know it at this age. So I guess it's taken you, it would be three years, right? To really sort of feel the benefits of being motivated to be a role model for other junior golfers in the, in the Cayman Islands, which is going to be great uh, for my students to, to hear. Um, I, I do have a question actually before I keep saying before we finish, before we finish, we'll let you go soon, Aaron. You know, I, I don't know if I'm seeing this correct, but when the kid missed the Eagle pot, when it lipped out and you celebrated, but then you kind of stopped yourself. Right. Like I felt like, like you didn't go crazy and like run across the green and high five. You, you went to your, you, you, you hugged your friends, you like shouted and then you like went down. Were you trying to like be respectful for the other competitors and things like that? Or you don't know it was just a blur. No, I actually was like, okay, I need to be quiet because they need to finish putting out. That's why if they I, were if, if they were not putting out, then I would have gone crazy even more. <laughs> but I, I don't care. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a little moment, um, hugged my friends, my brother, my dad, but then I kind of just like, okay, uh, I can talk quietly. Just it hit me though. That's also why it was kind of both in a way. It was like I had to be quiet because they were putting, but wow, I just won the lack, like, what, like, oh, what my God, <laughs> what the heck, what? There That's we go. Just... Yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was a bit of both. You've talked about, right, the whole time I've had the privilege of coaching you, one of the conversations we always had was the lack, right? Oh, the lack, the lack yeah, is so this, I, right? Yeah, I, re I always, always remember him saying the lack. I'm, gotta get, I'm coming because I'm going to get ready for the lack. I'm going to get ready for the lack. I'm going to get ready for the lack. I, I, that sentence, I must have heard 10 times. <laughs> yeah, and when, when it got canceled last year, right? Like he was obviously, that had been the focus for the season was to get him ready. And when the lack got canceled, I don't think that that changed, right? I think you just, you embraced it. And I guess that's a big thing for people to understand. Some people make something bigger and then get nervous and break down. You had a dream of dominating the lack 
and you went and dominated the lap. Just like now you're resetting your goals and you have a focus to not just go on a holiday to Augusta National and St. Andrews and St. Anne's and hopefully Brookline and a bunch of other places, right? The, the goals now are that you can step up in the big moments. And that's, that's what's cool to me. It wasn't like this kid that just showed up at the LAC, didn't know what the tournament was, didn't know what was on the line. He's been talking about the LAC since he was 12 years old. And it's been this big deal. And his brother stopped him from getting to the LAC a bunch of times because you have to be one of the top two players in the Cayman Islands to make it. And they play a qualifier. And twice, <laughs> Andrew whooped I missed him, it. Right? Yeah, he and so my butt. <laughs> the cool thing for me was seeing your brother there, knowing that your brother could be playing in it. But instead, well, what he did as as a role model and a leader and a big brother, um, it's just remarkable. Where you came from, just story. really making the cut to now winning is ridiculous. So at the tournament, right, with my brother being there, like in the practice round and stuff like that, he was like, man, I just, just want to play. I'm like, no, bro, it's, this is my time. Like, <laughs> it's my time to play. And then, um, and then from there, like I played three years ago at the same course. So I had that mindset, like I knew the course, I made the cup, but now I have experience. I can go out and uh, win this thing. So, but now it's like going to Augusta, going to the British um, Open and I want to win low Islander. Like, I don't want to go there and play bad. Like I'm trying to go there and play well. So it's still, I got to go there and still block out the noise and, I spoke to Ryan Moore the other day and he said, Aaron, it's, it's Augusta, but if you hit good shots, like you'll, you'll play just, just fine. So you got to go out and just play your game and enjoy it for the first say day or so that you get there, but then you got a tournament to go play. So. Awesome. Good for you, man. Aaron, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Best no, of thank luck, you, man. Ian. No, best the of girl. luck. I, uh, as soon as we press pause on this podcast, I'll probably send you some messages about how bad Chelsea have been recently and inactive in the transfer window. I got All a new right. shirt, though. Say that again. I got a new shirt. It looks clean. Ah, there we go. Yeah, there yeah, we yeah. go. All right, man. Aaron, thanks very much. Zach. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for coming on again. Take care, guys. No, of course, guys. Thanks. thanks, Aaron. Thanks for tuning in to the Core Performance Podcast. Your one-stop shop for getting to the core of all things golf and human performance. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Ian and Andrew, check us out on Instagram at Core Academy. We'll see you next time.